Typically, if you work on one of these overarching symptoms or one of these overarching issues, namely metabolism, it, it can also benefit irregular hormones. Some of the things that might indicate a slow metabolism, one of the ones that really, really shocked me was hair, th hair loss and hair thinning. Welcome to this week's episode of Hotter Than Health. My name is Eliza Gelman, and I'm so happy you're here. Today we have an episode that really is, it's for everybody, but I created it for the ladies, specifically the ladies in their late 20s, 30s, even early 40s. Truly, I wanted to put together an episode that dove in a little deeper to some of the less common symptoms of a slower metabolism. Uh, as as I've gotten older and realized that, you know, in my 20s, I would go out, I would eat whatever I wanted. I was always eating healthy. However, I consumed a lot of food. And I would think, oh, okay, well, maybe I had a long weekend or I went on vacation or I haven't been working out or whatever it was. I was like, yeah, after a couple of days, I'll, I'll feel totally back to normal. I'll feel like my like strong, lean, healthy self that I'm used to and I'm used to getting myself into the shape of. I will say, I I'm not putting any type, of, I'm not trying to lean into any stigmas. However, I have noticed as I've gotten older, it might be three or four days, maybe even a full week before I start to feel back to my normal self where in the past it used to be maybe one or two or three days. All I'm getting at here is as we age, things change. And I don't necessarily think it is only about the way that our metabolism is functioning on the inside. I think uh, a lot of the time as we age, it's just our lifestyle that changes, which affects everything. That is what we're going to get into today. I'm very excited. Some of the uncommon symptoms of a lower metabolism. Supplements. What can we do to emphasize and promote a healthy metabolism? And what are some of the things practically that we can be adjusting? I don't want to go too into the weeds of this. Obviously, I'm not a doctor. This is not a recommendation. This isn't me saying, hey, if you have this symptom, you have this. These are simply things that I wanted to do research on, and I figured I would take you all on the journey with me. Before we get into it, quick housekeeping. If you're new here, welcome. We focus on health, wellness, nutrition, functional medicine, and of course, lifestyle uh, from a holistic approach. But truly, if you have found any value in this, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review, a five-star review. It's the greatest way for anyone who's looking for this type of podcast to find it. And then if you're listening on Spotify, head over to Spotify and click follow. Again, that way you never miss an episode. This is episode 256 and let's get into it. Looking at how we, how I wanted to present this information, it's going to go in three parts. One, what does your metabolism do for you? What 
can we expect from it? Two, what are some of the slightly less common symptoms? Of course, we'll go over some of the more broad symptoms. However, what are some of the symptoms that could be we could be experiencing that we may not necessarily think come from a affected metabolism? And then what can we do about it? Whether it's supplementation, whether it's, you know, seeing your primary care physician, whether it's implementing some of these lifestyle tactics, I think it's really important. When I say metabolism, the the way our body works, it it's so good at adapting. Our bodies are so great at adapting to our environments, our circumstances, our fuel intake, our energy levels. We are so great at adapting. However, that adaptation it can be it can be a good thing or a bad thing. Meaning our if we're not working out at all, our body will say, "Oh, it looks like we're not getting any movement in. We don't want to expend many calories. Let's not hold on to as much muscle because it's hold harder to hold on to. Let's primarily operate with fat." And our body will adapt to that. If for some reason, maybe we are completely, maybe we're over-exercising or we're training really hard, maybe under-fueling, the metabolism will be affected because it's saying, hey, you're working your hiney off and not giving it any, not giving us any fuel. How are we supposed to build muscle and fuel you, protect you and repair you if we aren't getting the building blocks that we need? All of this being said, I know that in any lifestyle, we get busy as we get older. Maybe maybe you have kids. Maybe you're married and you got to help out and in different ways. You're building a house. You're you're dealing with someone who's sick. Maybe you are sick. Maybe you time has just slipped away. And it is a balancing act. But when you come at it from a place of longevity, Metabolism is a key indicator in overall health and health span. And what we do not want to do is end up being in our 50s and 60s, getting injured or having zero energy to move and miss out on a huge portion of our life because we feel like, quote unquote, we, we're just over the hill or we're, we're just getting tired or we're, we're, it's, it's all part of the age. We all can think of 50s, 60s, 70s, 80-year-old family members, friends, people that we look up to or know or work with that are living life, like buying motorcycles, going on trips, taking walks, running marathons. And I'm not saying you have to do all of that, but maybe you just want to be able to pick up your grandkids. Maybe you just, again, we're thinking long, big picture. Okay. Metabolic changes are crucial for women, especially in their thirties. Some of the things that I was doing research on and I'm going to get very honest with y'all here. I was actually looking into a couple of different um, symptoms that I had been feeling. And it just didn't seem right to me. Some of the things that you might notice in a general way, if your metabolism is slow, is, of course, there's weight gain, fatigue, difficulty losing weight. Maybe you're holding on to weight. You feel like you're doing everything right, but nothing is budging. 
affected of course there's there's hormones and there's all these other things but an imbalance of metabolism is one of the root causes also correlated with hormones we're not going to do a whole hormone episode but I wanted to put all of these under one umbrella knowing that hey typically if you work on one of these overarching symptoms or one of these overarching issues namely metabolism it it can also benefit irregular hormones some of the things that might indicate a slow metabolism one of the ones that really really shocked me was hair th- hair loss and hair thinning if you have noticed of course if you're pregnant or if you have other it, something else is going on or maybe you just had a baby there's also like postpartum hair loss but hair loss and hair thinning can be associated with hormone imbalances and metabolic issues it might a slow metabolism might so deeply affect the hormones including your thyroid which can play a role in your hair health if you are under fueling to the point where your metabolism is slowing you may notice thinning, breaking, extremely damaged hair. Of course, there's miscellaneous factors like, hey, if you're using a ton of product and you're getting your hair bleached or you're colored or you're uh, using a ton of heat on your hair every week, that's also something to consider. However, if you notice something consistent and you haven't changed anything about your routine, maybe it is something to look into. The thyroid, the the metabolism, hair loss and hair thinning. The next is an irregular menstrual cycle. Again, coming back to hormones, but hormonal imbalances that relate to a slower metabolism can definitely affect your menstrual cycle. When I was in, what was it? When I was in high school, and this might've happened in middle school, but I didn't talk, it wasn't talked about as much. (sighs) Had to have some electrolytes. This, I knew a handful of girls. My sister was a rock star cross country and track runner. And I was just along for the ride. I was, you know, going to track practices, sometimes not going to practices. I didn't care as much. I was like, Hey guys, you know, I'm, I just went with, I just went with the flow. I didn't really buckle down with track and field and cross country. I'm going somewhere with this. I remember there were two or three girls who were either in my grade or the grade above me. And they each were rock star, and not my sister specifically, but they were each rock star uh, track and cross country girls. They didn't drink. They went to their practices. They got plenty of rest. These were rest. These were great girls. They were doing everything right. They were, you know, having having peanut butter and crackers and their vegetables and having enough protein and and getting all their meals and not skipping and they were doing everything they could but they were running so much and burning so many calories not just fat but they were burning so many calories that their body could not keep up and they were continuously losing weight and we think oh weight loss like that's not a bad thing it is if it's in an unhealthy way and your body doesn't have much weight to lose already And I remember that there were specifically two or three girls that struggled with amenorrhea, or however you pronounce it, amenorrhea, amenorrhea, which is the loss of your period or a super, super uh, light or impacted period. And 
essentially it halts your menstrual cycle with due to extreme weight loss or not a high enough body fat percentage to support healthy uh, sex hormones. And I remember thinking like, oh, that's great. They don't get a period. That's dope. Like my, my young, naive, ignorant self was like, oh, wow, that's great. They don't get a period and they're skinny and they can eat whatever they want. No, no. It wasn't just their menstrual cycle. It, it, this could, this could truly be affecting their, it could affect hair. It can affect energy. It can create over fatigue where you can't recover from workouts. It can create over exhaustion where you aren't sleeping at all. It can really impact your, your reproductive hormones in a way that can affect you in the future. And all I know is that if, if I can think of two or three girls in high school that this was happening to, I can only imagine how many, how many girls this was actually happening to. And this was in, you know, a group of 15 to 20 girls. It's not, it wasn't a small percentage. Having a slower or weaker metabolism is going to look different for each person, but a irregular, incredibly irregular menstrual cycle can definitely have something to do with your metabolism. The next is incredibly dry skin and brittle nails. I wanted to put this underneath the hair loss and hair thinning, but I forgot. And this one, this is, this is one that I, this is what got me interested in this topic uh, to begin with, because I genuinely don't feel that I deal with a slow metabolism. However, I do deal with cold intolerance. And raise your hand if you're a girl who is constantly freezing. Like I just got a gift uh, and it looks, it's this little tiny, it looks like a little mouse that you would have on a computer and it turns on, it gets incredibly hot. I went skiing. I put it in my jacket. It like warmed me up all day long. It was amazing. Like I, if I get cold, I have to fully get into a hot bath or shower or some type of true heat, like must ingest soup like it's to the point where it's almost Raynaud's and there's no circulation going to my extremities if you're someone who has struggled with cold and if you get cold then you stay cold some people run hot totally cool that's I'm jealous it is a sign of a sluggish metabolism of course there are other things that can lead to cold intolerance and poor circulation and the thyroid hormone and I'm thinking Honestly, especially with the my family history, I need to go get my thyroid checked. I need to go find a, what is it called? A specific thyroid doctor. Oh, I can't remember. I'll think of it in a little bit. Uh, either way, just an endocrinologist. The cold intolerance is something, if you, if, of course, if this is the only symptom that you have and you're, you don't feel like any of the others are affecting you, then maybe, maybe you're just someone who's cold. But the cold intolerance is so frustrating and it can definitely be contributed to uh, hormones due to a slow metabolism. I'm not going to really get into many of the others. The, the two that I had written down that I won't go too far into uh, is high cholesterol and insulin resistance. The high cholesterol... Uh, like elevated cholesterol levels, the LDL, which is quote unquote the bad cholesterol, uh, it can be associated with metabolic issues. And we know high cholesterol goes into having a higher risk of cardiovascular 
issues or diseases. So it could, it, it could affect, the metabolism can definitely affect the bad cholesterol, something to be cautious of, especially for those, uh, I know I have a lot of loved ones, friends that have loved ones who are concerned about parents who have high cholesterol. And it's, it's one of those things where you look at it and you say, like, you cannot change someone else's lifestyle, only they can do that. And there are, these are those secret scary secret scary things, the high cholesterol, the insulin resistance, the elevated heart rate, blood pressure. These are things that are, we don't really see them, but they're, they're some of the most significant. And then there's insulin resistance, which the body is like less, less responsive to insulin and it can lead to high blood sugar levels, which can lead to type two diabetes and you know, a fu- here's a fun fact. Here is a fun fact for all of you. I was watching something and I don't know what the accreditation is. I think it was on Instagram. and But I was listening to some, maybe it was a TED Talk speaker, someone who had some sort of credibility. But again, I, look, we're just here to have a conversation. Hello. I heard that other countries aren't even calling... It was one of these two things. Other countries do not even label dementia or Alzheimer's. They simply call it type 3 diabetes. How how insane is that? Other countries, and I can't remember the other countries. It might have been in the EU. Other countries are not even calling Alzheimer's and dementia, Alzheimer's and dementia, they are calling it type 3 diabetes because it's not necessarily that they have lost function of certain parts of their brain. It's that they've lost access due to certain things like insulin resistance. I I don't know all the facts behind it, but I thought that was incredible. Type 2 diabetes is a major, major killer. Type 3 diabetes, the issues that affect our brain, our Alzheimer's and dementia and what we call them, also known as type 3 diabetes. Please do your research. This is all stuff that is fairly new to me too. And I, I don't have, I don't have a background in this. These are all things that like, if I'm, if I'm sitting at my desk doing research on a new supplement or doing research on episodes or how to talk about a certain thing, these are the things that stick to me. The fact that type 2 diabetes is such a massive killer in the U.S. and we are not even able to say the words type 3 diabetes in in congruence to another massive epidemic, which is di- uh, hello uh, dementia and Alzheimer's. I've system is broken not all the way broken but it's pretty messed up okay to recap some of the symptoms that we might not have thought about with a lower metabolism hair loss or hair thinning menstrual cycles that went with dry and brittle nails as well cold intolerance high cholesterol levels and insulin resistance and then I also wanted to go into all right what what do we do about these things (laughs) What do we do about these things? I wanted to put these in, again, 
I'm not trying to diagnose or tell you exactly what to do. If I were someone who was struggling with low metabolism and I didn't want to necessarily go on medicine and I was starting from baseline here, this is how I would prioritize. This is how I would prioritize a few different things to do. I had to have a little bit of water again. Mouth gets dry. Hope you guys are all doing great and having a great day. <laughs> uh, but I will say, I am drinking my electrolytes, but you know that I started my day with my Organifi Greens juice. I have had more messages in the past month and a half saying, hey, what's your code? Hey, what's your code? Hey, what's your code for the Organifi Greens juice? I am bringing a big, fat, full package of it to Mexico this weekend. I'm heading out on Wednesday, bringing a massive full pack of it because I am telling you, when we travel, and especially if there's alcohol involved or time change or irregular sleep cycles, starting the day, filling your cup with greens and filling in the nutritional gaps that you know you're not going to be filling throughout the day, it is a game changer. I can't tell you how many people have said, hey, can you bring the greens because I don't want to be constipated on this trip? Hey, can you bring the greens? Or hey, I want to order some for my friends and family. It is it's the gift that keeps on giving. And nobody has ever said, oh God, I would never. Or, and nobody's ever said, oh yeah, didn't like those. Those didn't work. I, I'm telling you, they're life-changing. They're life-giving, nutrient-dense. They've got adaptogens that help to ease and manage stress. We drink these before our coffee. We stabilize, we remineralize, and we feel great throughout the day. Make sure you're checking out the green apple flavor. That is my favorite, uh, along with all of the other products that Organifi has. I love that they are glyphosate residue free, which means that they check for pesticides and heavy metals in their products, which not a lot of other companies do. You can use the code HTH. Again, use the code HTH I don't know, HTH at checkout for 20% off. You will not find that discount on their website. I'll put the link in the show notes, but if you for some reason forget, it is all over my Instagram. I have a Eliza G underscore wellness whole highlight on Organifi and the code is just HTH. Check it out. Again, I wanted to prioritize the different ways that we can adjust and incorporate these tips into our lifestyle. Uh, these different tips are here to not fix completely, but help to support in your journey to uh, a healthy metabolism. Also, these are these are things we should be doing always. There is a reason. There is a reason why so much health and wellness advice sounds the same. You know why? Because it is the most obvious yet least done. Hear me again. These steps are the most obvious yet least done. They sound so easy, but I can guarantee you that if you are knocking all seven, I don't know, if you're knocking six out of nine of these out, you are, your metabolism's good. I'm telling you, but if you are, if you're at the, I don't know, if you're hitting three or four out of these, we got to, we got to reevaluate. Okay. There are, okay, there are nine of these. 
fair nine and we will definitely put we'll put them in order the first and I say this is because it sets the day off getting enough sleep oh Liza I, I do sleep a lot I sleep like seven to nine hours a night every night and I don't I do that already do you do you Kendra do you get enough sleep don't lie to me because we might think that we're getting seven to nine hours of sleep, but we could never be in REM sleep. We could be getting light sleep. We could sleep all night long, but it doesn't always mean it's good sleep. If you feel like you're getting enough sleep and you're actually feeling rested throughout the day, God bless. Good. Getting enough sleep is the number one because think of it like this. If we are prioritizing everything else, but not getting proper sleep, There is no chance for our neural pathways to create new habits. There is no chance for our body to build muscle. There is no chance for our brain to go through that cleaning process. It's almost like you, after a shower with the glass on the window and you have those squeegees and after the shower you squeegee the walls down, that happens at night when we sleep. Hormones are not going to be happy Our hunger hormones are not going to be happy leading us to eating and craving more processed foods and sugar. Sleep is number one. I'm sorry. Sleep is king. Sleep is king. Sean Stevenson has a book called Sleep is, I don't remember. It's like his sleep book, but S-H-A-W-N Stevenson, Sean Stevenson. He's fabulous. He's also sponsored by Organifi on his podcast. He's got a great book on sleep. That is numero uno. Get enough sleep. The next is to prioritize protein. I know, I know as you, if you're someone who has followed the podcast for a really long time and you're totally plant dominant, totally plant-based or you're majority plant-based or you're just not a huge fan of eating meat, whatever it is, there are still ways to prioritize protein. And I'm not saying make it your only source of macronutrient. I still believe in balance and fiber and tons of plants I drink greens juice every single morning. Like I love greens. I do also believe that having adequate protein in your diet, high quality protein, is another way to build muscle, which is naturally one of the greatest ways to support your metabolism. Different ways to do this. You can, of course, go for the go for the animal proteins, antibiotic free, and grass fed, grass finished ground beef. You could do a turkey with no hormones, not processed, all that good stuff. You could do fish, wild caught. You could do organic sprouted tofu, Greek yogurt. You could do eggs. Lots of different options that are vegetarian. You can mix it up. Finding different ways to include, but a lot of people say, well, I don't know how much. And they say, oh, well, I had a protein bar today. I'm like, oh, great. So you weigh 150 pounds and you had 14 grams of protein all day. It's not enough. If, if this is a priority and if you have the luxury of being able to make your own meals and, and, and do all these things, I understand that there's work involved, time involved, and energy involved. These are just some of the things that, that will help prioritizing protein. They say, look at your goal weight. So Again, using whole numbers here, let's say you're 200 pounds, you're 100 pounds, and your goal weight is like 130 pounds, then you would consume 130 grams of protein per day based on your ideal body weight. So if you're looking to really increase, then yeah, you would increase your protein. If you're looking to 
stay the same, then you would eat about the same. And of course, it can be flexible. If you go over some, all, all good. Usually people don't go super over. And then if you go under some, all good, but consistently trying to aim around that. All right, so that's number two. Number one is sleep. Number two, prioritize protein. Number three, strength training. I don't know what else to say. Strength training. And I'm not saying get on a squat rack and lift your body weight all the time. Although, great if you can lift your body weight. Like I, I don't do that all the time now. I maybe do that once a week. Grab some weights. Go grab some 15s. Do some walking lunges. Go lay on a bench and get some get some weights, dumbbells, and knock out some chest press. Go da- go and get on the lat pull down machine. Do some squats, body weight squats. Hold a kettlebell. Do something. Have a good time. But resistance training two to three minimum times per week for about thirty minutes will change the game. If you are not, if you're if you want to do anything to your body and you are not weight training or strength training in any way, if you incorporate that and increase that by 20% right now, there's not a doubt in my mind that you will see change within a week. I'm not kidding. If you are not doing any resistance training, yeah, you'll be sore, but give your give your body what it needs. Metabolism thrives with strength training. That's number three. It keeps our bones bone density strong. It keeps our longevity strong. Keeps our mind muscle connection good. It, of course, you want to do it with proper form. And if you go on YouTube, get a personal trainer for one session. Text me, message me, send me something on Instagram. I'll help you for free. I just want people to know. Strength training two or three times a week minimum. I. The that's number three. Number four. Oh, you know what? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. This one will be five. Eat whole, <coughs> eat whole foods. Eat whole foods. The body and the, you're, we think, oh, we're on a diet. We got to eat boring foods. Highly recommend stocking up your spice cabinet, not with a bunch of things that have added salt, but stock up your spice cabinet with tons of delicious seasonings and herbs because processed foods are so palatable. Processed foods like chips or sugary beverages, uh, sports drinks, protein bars, they're so palatable. They are made to want us, make us want more. They are made with these textures and flavors that don't feel like we can, that aren't really things that you can find in nature or they replicate nature, but to an extreme. And it makes us want more. And it's almost impossible to replicate when we are cooking with just whole foods. So have some nice seasonings around and avoid processed foods. They are not there to support our bodies. They're made, I mean, as much as whole foods. When at all possible, go for whole foods, minimal ingredients, put those together. That was five, or that was four, that was four. Five, again, we're not going to go into all of these. Here's one. Limit your alcohol consumption. I say limit alcohol uh, consumption, and I'm going to put this on the same priority as stay hydrated. And I say say that is not even number one, even though it's super important. But if you're reducing the amount of alcohol, you are less likely to become dehydrated. Or I'm sorry, if you are consistently drinking alcohol, you are more likely to become dehydrated. 
and if you are not limiting alcohol, there is a 100% chance, zero, zero probability that it won't happen, that your sleep will be affected. Your sleep will 100% be affected if you have even one drink an hour before bed. Give yourself a couple of hours before bed that you stop drinking if you are going to be drinking. Make sure you're hydrating the next day. I'm telling you, have a green juice. Get some movement in. Do something to let your lymphatic system the next day drain some of uh, any of the toxins out and to reduce the amount of anxiety that we have that we typically cure by eating processed foods or uh, going towards comfort foods, sugar, quick fix, more alcohol. The alcohol, it's damaging in all ways. It's damaging to the mind, damaging to the body. I'm also not here to say that I never drink or that I've never drank. Like I used to drink a ton not, I mean, I used to drink a ton more than I do now and it's, it's not really for me anymore. However, I'm, I'm, I do it on occasion and I enjoy it knowing that 90% of my nights I do not. Uh, and people are like, oh, well don't drink this kind of alcohol or liquor before your beer, blah, blah, blah. Like just drink more water with it. Just, I can't uh, emphasize it enough. 20 shots of tequila or 20 shots of tequila, no matter how you cut it. And I don't care if you're like, well, I'm only hungover because I had one beer after, one beer first or one glass of wine before. It's, it's, it's the consumption is still, yes, there are definitely like techniques you can use. Stay hydrated, get good sleep, get whole foods. Your body will thank you and reward you. I would say that those are the, those are absolutely the ways in which I would prioritize them. First, sleep. Second would be uh, prioritizing protein. Three is strength training, two to three times per week. Four would be eating whole foods. Five would be limiting alcohol consumption and staying uh, hydrated. Some more that we could talk about are managing stress and staying active throughout the day. It is largely, uh, it, it, it's largely more effective to get consistent small movement throughout the day than it is to have, okay, I had one good workout and then I sat down all day long. The body would more naturally prefer to move consistently throughout the day. So even if you're flying, like we're going to be on a flight for a few hours tomorrow it's less about the amount of time that you are standing on a flight, maybe walking up and down a ha- uh, uh, the, what is it, the hallway, walking down up and down the lane, the aisles, aisles, excuse me, or going into the bathroom. But it's about the amount of times that you stand. I know it's not always easy, but do your best to get that movement in. Uh, highly recommend being able to. Do I say that a lot? Oh God! Now you're only going to hear me saying highly recommend. Note to self. Spending more of your day in in movement, whether it's stretching, whether it's simply pacing while you're walking and talking. If you can, if you live down the street from a grocery store or a coffee shop, walk there. Take the stairs. If you live in an apartment complex, little things that you can do to increase the amount of movement that you're getting throughout the day, it is said to be more beneficial for your heart and your metabolism than almost anything else. So I would say if Yes, the strength training two to three times a week, but consistent movement throughout the day is huge. 
while managing stress. I know uh, it seems like so much, but really all of these things can be incorporated into make decisions that are health giving and health promoting. And if you're going to go out or and eat some processed food, or if you're going to go out and drink, then back yourself up with greens, back yourself up with hydration, electrolytes, movement, protein, and sleep. Uh, there are lots of things that we can do to mitigate the effects and mitigate the effect of uh, on our metabolism. Yeah, managing stress. I'm telling you, no coffee on an empty stomach if you're feeling stressed. Have some some type of fat in your coffee in the morning if you are waking up and consuming coffee immediately, but you're also complaining about stress. Like there's a correlation. Wow. This, oh, wow. Oh my gosh. Look at that. 36 minutes. Go us. You guys, we rock. Good for us. It is Thursday and I'm out of town. I hope you're having an amazing, an amazing week. Uh, haven't really been posting much on Instagram lately. However, I do feel like this trip to Mexico, it's just going to be so full of love, friendship, laughter. We're staying in a house full of 26 people. So, and when I say house, I mean, there's lots of little houses uh, on the property and I am like, God bless us all because this is going to be quite a trip. We are so excited. One of our best friends is getting married and we're going to be out in Mexico. We're going to scuba. We're going to celebrate. We're going to toast to love. We're going to dance. And I'm just so happy for the beautiful couple. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe on Spotify. Leave us five stars and a review on Apple Podcast. It is absolutely seen, felt, heard, and so much gratitude. Enjoy this week. Would love any feedback. Feel free to reach out and I hope to hear from you all. And otherwise, we will talk to you next Thursday. today during the Jeep celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.